dog. <laughs> Frick off, TJ. <laughs> Freaking Randy. Freaking Randy. Come on, Muslim more. Pack some more cheeseburgers in there. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Napoleon Dynamite to me. Yeah. <laughs> Frick off, Dark Side. What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show. Brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Shock Socks, and PMP Sprockets. I'm your host, Mark Poole. We brought you guys in Trailer Park Boys style. TJ and I are really big fans. Speaking of, our producer, DJ TJ Smith. What's up, dude? I guess it's even more fitting than what we thought because it was um, a 420 last week. So. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, you can bet the trailer parks were lit up on that day, dude. <laughs> so, uh, last but not least, number three on the list, number one in our hearts, the world famous Jamie Darkside Guida. Darkside, what's up, man? Hello, hello. The X brand goggles uh, sales rep, Dark Side. South Central sales rep. South Central sales rep. You there should see him at Diamond Dons this weekend. He was killing it with those things. Mark helped me. A little bit. Did you, Mark? I carried shit. That's what I did. I was, I was Dark Side's like, dude, just carrying all He was my pretty from- girl. You know, he was carrying, like, here, here's the hot chick with the, the when, product. When Guy Cooper needed a set of goggles, I pulled them out and gave them to him. That was pretty cool. And just awestruck, weren't mm. you? Big it was time. pretty cool. <laughs> Between him and Trampus Parker, man, that yeah, was pretty badass. Those two and uh, you know Dennis Daft and a bunch of them dudes were just hauling yeah. ass on those little one hundreds out there. I saw some videos of guys out there and just watching them go through the corners. They're coming up and you're like, oh, going that fast, and then they just blast into the berm, oh, and you're like, oh my god, one hundred. Guy, Coop- Guy Cooper was ridiculous. Yeah. Tramper, Trampus Parker was hitting that thing as hard as I saw anybody hit it all day. Wow. Perfect form, leg out, just <laughs> right. slamming it and going. That bike he was riding too. Somebody, I forget who it was, told me they bought that bike for twelve hundred bucks like a few days before that, and it wasn't even running. And they got it running, and Parker's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna race that." And he just smoked <laughs> everybody on it. Well, I'm definitely jealous. So mm, I had to yeah. work. I had to go to underground for the. Another qualifier for Loretta's. Two days of racing out there at, not underground, I said underground, at Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Oak Hill yeah, yeah. We're hanging out with the Oldenburgs. I got to hang out with them and watch the race at their house yeah. while their son got his second, second place podium. and best result so far. I kept telling him, I'm like, well, he had a fourth, then he got hurt, comes back and gets a third, then a second. I mean, what are we? Well, he came it? on our show and then did all that. Yeah, right. and, he's, and, he's, and he's about to, I guess, probably going to win next. Yeah, yeah. I, I would pick him. I would definitely <laughs> pick him and like what what's coming up Vegas is his next deal because yeah. they got New York this week or whatever. Jersey, yeah. Jersey, wherever the hell they're at. That's right. And uh <clears throat> yeah, I would definitely pick him to win that race. He's coming, man. That kid Well, he won't be in New York. No, he, he, that's he, what I'm Vegas. saying. Vegas, Vegas is his yeah. next That's one. what I'm saying. That's Vegas, what I'm saying. Yeah. That, okay. Anyways, yeah, he uh he'll do good. I'll tell you when I first saw that kid, what, five years ago, I was like, That dude is something. He's good. You know, yeah. and I just didn't understand why he didn't have a ride coming out of the amateurs. Buddy worked his way up and got it. Yeah. You know? So, uh, speaking of, uh, create some, uh, dude, this 450 main event this weekend, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Eli, Eli Tomac is not human. Yeah. He's a freaking, he's a cyborg, dude. <laughs> it was he's a pretty, cyborg. pretty unreal race. Like, that thing started, and I remember telling Amber, I said, okay, you know, if he gets the third, that'd be pretty bad, pretty badass. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping for that. Wow. Dude, it's like he got the third, like, really fast, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. He's going to catch Ryan. I was actually excited because, like other people have said, I was like, all right, so Dungey will get the points lead back, and then Tomek will have to keep fighting for it. Yeah. yeah. I don't when know. When he passed uh, Bogle and whoever, and Chad, was it Bogle and Chad and the whoops, and Bogle ended up going down. He was going by him regardless. <laughs> that, it yeah. didn't matter. Bogle was too busy looking. Like, what yeah, the Bogle hell was that? like, what in the hell is this green thing next to me? Because he, he was already, go- you know, oh, man. <laughs> I, told, I told Amber, I said, oh, 
Ryan went home and got Lindsay pregnant that night just doesn't even show up anymore. He's call just it done. quits. Just Dude, done. I mean, what do you oh, do? How deflated? Down. Oh, man. How deflated was he? He had to have been, right? Like, I would have been. Well, it was just no. I mean, even even the TV commentators who don't always get things right and are kind of off, they were even saying, he's losing, all, I mean, a second a lap in the whoops. Just in the whoops alone. Yeah. Not counting the other microseconds that he's being made up on. So His corner speed was so freaking scary. I know. You saw Marv get aggressive with him, too. And then and I haven't heard anybody talking about this, but I saw it. When he got back by Marvin, he basically put him off the track. You yeah. Know? Uh, he was like, yep. Try that again, dude. Basically, you know. So do we Come think on, everybody's saying it? So I got to bring it up. Do we think? Well, what, what? Where would we be sitting right now if um, RV? I mean, not RV. Roxon. No, I still think Tomac would catch a gear regardless, and I think we'd still have some good racing. I think yeah. at that point, if Roxon was healthy, he probably would have been a little bit too far ahead. I mean, points wise. But I'll, yeah, obviously we're guessing, but I'm thinking Roxon probably wouldn't have dropped off any. Right. Yeah. So Tomac would still be chasing that. Right. Well, here's the problem now. I don't know if Kenny's going to be able to come back or not. Um, but if he does, I mean, if he does, and let's just say he's back at form if he comes back, which he will not be right away. Right. Um, I still think Tomac's the man now. I think he's just, he's graduated the level of where he's just not going to be beat. Yeah. You know? And it's probably going to, we're probably going to get four more years of this shit of him yeah. just smoking everybody before he's like, yeah, I've had enough. See he you. definitely made a big step up in his supercross. Uh, finishes, you right? Know, I mean, from what we're used to, usually we're used to him getting bad starts and not really knowing whether he's going to do well or not. He was kind of wishy washy. Well, not I anymore. Not, I yeah, not last night. That's a type of ride that you've seen some of those in the past. Obviously, James has had several of them. Toronto 14 comes to mind. Uh, McGrath had one as Houston 94 where he did that to everybody, just came from the straight back of the pack and just yeah, hammered it. But are they ever doing it to somebody who has as many championships as Dungey has? I forget who. Uh, I don't. I don't well, I'm no. not taking anything against Reed. I'm not taking anything against those guys. But were any of those guys? I believe was Villapoto racing that night. I don't think so. Uh-huh. No, but Dungy was, and I think yeah. Dungy was ahead, wasn't he? But Dungy wasn't like the the champ that he is now. Well, he already he already had a title though. For the most part, Dungy has never been that dominant guy though. He's a sure. guy that, to some degree, I hate using the word luck, but. He didn't get his right championships place, right. by dominating. Right place, right. And he time. still isn't. He's still that guy that's right there. Right. But the guy that's dominant isn't crashing out and throwing it away yet. Hopefully. Yeah. Now yeah. I will say Ryan, Ryan's outdoor titles. Ryan's the second winningest outdoor rider of all time. Rider of all time. Yeah, his outdoor titles. Yes, he did dominate. Yeah, Super yeah. for sure. Story. Well, man, what, was it Southwick or what, when he? Came off the like he was late to the gate because the bike was broke and he come flying down. He got up ro- to seventh. Wow, that was a. I mean, that was a almost an equal type ride. He almost didn't make when he finally got off the line. They were coming back around. Yeah, yeah. He almost missed the cut where he would have had to pull off. Right, and let him go. You know? Right, and uh, but that was a good ride. But yeah, indoors. I don't know. Tomac's the man right now for mm. sure. Well, it's one of those things where you just. Like, I mean, the old guard goes away, and he's not that old, but it's just time for these guys are getting faster, and he's getting older, wanting a family. And Well, we see it. It's yeah. the changing of the guard. It happens. It happened. You've seen it. You saw it with James and Chad where Ryan Villapoto came in and just kind of took over, and then you saw it. Ricky went out on top. I think I think um, a little bit of that was probably having – he was probably over it, training and all that, but he, having to race James, too, that yeah. late in your career. Then um, you saw it with McGrath and Carmichael. I mean, McGrath was the man for all those years, and then all of a sudden Ricky comes in, and it takes him a couple years, but when he got it, well, he got it. 
mm-hmm. it was just time to go at that point. You know, you'd done what you came to do, and you just weren't going to be able to do it that way anymore. If you know? Dungey would have um, stepped back last year and then wouldn't have raced this year, he everybody would have been like, well, if Dungey would have been there, if Dungey would have been there, but now it's going to be, oh, he just, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't think it'll tarnish his... He's a great champion. I think Ryan is as phenomenal uh, of a racer as we've seen. He's That's very right. smart. He didn't take stupid chances. He stayed healthy most of his career. Right. And, and there's something to be said for that. You've got to be in it to win it, and he's been there. And when other guys were pushing the envelope too far, it, it, Ryan stayed healthy. Yep. And, like, you've got to be there to win. So, yeah. Yep, I mean, yep. You can put an, try to put asterisks on those titles all you want to, but at the end of the day, if, you're, if you don't have it, you know, look at James, second winningest rider of all time. Behind Ricky, totals I believe, second winning is the Supercross for sure. Uh, probably the most the the most phenomenal talent of anybody that's ever ridden. He doesn't have the accolades Ryan does title wise. Yeah, and th- he should have them. Yeah, I don't think there's any asterisks for me mm-hmm. for Dungey's championships. I mean, he's his thing is he's won a fair amount of championships, and his future is bright. He's not going to be beat up. He's not going to be in pain. I mean, yeah, he, I he mean, did things a pretty damn good way. Well, it's look, just kind of boring for a fan let's give you an example how beat up is davy Millsaps? He, he's gonna oh, have yeah. to have surgery again by the way <laughs> yeah and davy davy has a, a lights championship and davy's a phenomenal rider has race wins made a ton of money all that stuff dude can i wonder if davy's gonna be able to walk right right when he's older you know he is beat up i'm kind of worried about him his comeback after the surgery because we know that it's going to be some limited wrist mobility and you see and it's on the throttle side just like it was with baggett mm-hmm. his teammate so we'll I mean, see. Hopefully, man. Baggy can say you know I want to do this, this, and this, and help him on his way. Because yeah, you know. yeah, for sure. And the Pike's coming back from kind of the same deal, I guess. Right now, his was pretty gnarly. His yep. was on the throttle side. That would be Kenny's saving grace if he does able to return because that was not his throttle that's hand. Plus here. side, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pike will be back um, for the outdoors. Yeah, it sounds I'll be like. back for the outdoors. I'm good. I'm glad Pike's, yeah, like Pike's Pike. my guy for sure. But uh, got an interesting show tonight, guys. We're gonna have Mister. Patrick Hurley on. He is a uh, motocross photographer, motocross mechanic. Mechanic. Uh, and we're going to have the great Chris Kiefer on after that. And following him will be John Short from the professional journey. We're going to talk to John, see what his plans are for outdoors. So, uh, yeah. anyways. All right, guys, coming up with our first guest. He is photographer to the stars and uh, mechanic to the stars as well. He is Patrick Hurley. He, Patrick, what's up, man? Hey, my writer said the greatest <laughs> mechanic, Supercross mechanic in history. That's yeah, we hadn't gotten that far yet, Patrick. Tank, just chill out a minute. Slow down there, buddy. <laughs> all right, Easy. All right. I, I was I was getting to that. Now you're wrenching right. for uh, Cheyenne Harmon, correct? <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. How how are things going uh, on that realm? Uh, well, we didn't qualify for anything except the <laughs> <Yeah>. night show. <laughs> Is he ready? And to, uh, he... I think I may have gotten fired already. So. Really? <laughs> I was about to say, is he looking for a new mechanic yet? Well, this week, uh, he, he does have a new one this week. My deal was a very brief deal, and I knew that. Yeah. Uh, I might be going to help out this week in New Jersey, but I haven't gotten to the park where I, like, beg my wife yet they, so. need, they need somebody to come wash bikes don't they <laughs> pretty much i mean he really he needs someone to clean his boots make and, the sandwiches you know. yeah well hey if nothing else man you could say look dude i take better pictures than anybody out here so i can catch all the action one way or another right well <laughs> thank you i, I uh oof. that's a tough <laughs> one once to get to supercross level <laughs> right right yeah. yeah yeah there's some good guys out there but you do a good job man <laughs> 
Thank you. You're welcome. So how'd you get the uh, mechanic gig? How'd that come about? So I got the gig because, uh, man, I had left motocross. Motocross has been a big part of my life. I had left it for many years and uh, got, got in aviation as a mechanic and uh, finally kind of parted ways with that temporarily, I thought. And one of the first races I went to, I just saw this kid. It was at a Village Creek, and I saw this kid in the pro class eat shit harder than I've seen anyone ever crash in my life. <laughs> and the kid got up, and I'm pretty sure he thought he was Chinese at this point. <laughs> but he still got up, and he started passing some pretty good dudes. Wow. And uh, so I followed him back to the pits and got to talking to him. And I realized, I mean, he's a young kid, but, and he's probably pretty dumb. After, at but least he was kid, at that point. This, this kid had no idea that he was even alive. Because he was still <laughs> knocked out. Oh, wow. He was out on his feet, huh? And I was like, man, that is dedication. Yeah, it is. My name's Patrick Hurley. <laughs> we started talking, and I said, man, I want to support you. Any way I can, I, I can't really give you anything, but <laughs> I can like take your picture and that's you kind know, of support. I make connections, moral support. Basically, yeah, and that that just led to a friendship. Uh, strange one at times, but uh, uh, we, we don't did a little bit of wrenching. I mean, got flown a couple times out to some arena crosses. And, uh, that's I mean, cool. I had warned them ahead of time, man. I. I don't even I I work on airplanes, man. It's been a long time since I rode a dirt bike. Yeah. Well, I would I was fixing to say you got quite the prerequisite there. I mean, guy work how many dudes out there could say they have an airplane mechanic working on their bike? You know? Yeah, did you have to bring a Probably uh, not a lot. Did did but, you did you carry all your tools in a soft toolbox? You know, like you have to tool bag like you have to for the airplanes? <laughs> well well, that's kind of a funny thing. We had to uh very concerned about weight limits. <laughs> and I'm not paying for anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it was the bare essentials. And of course, as an me aircraft mechanic, I, I kind of went overboard, but uh, may have left a couple tools at the airport trash can. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> but uh, at least there were. But just to give you an idea, the first time I helped this kid out at an arena cross, I mean, I got, I got flown last minute thing, got flown to Baltimore. And man, I had the official shirt on, kick-ass bike. Yeah. Uh, roll it outside. It's snowing, and in Baltimore, it's kind of in like a sunken area, and all like the fans are are kind of up above you, cheering for you and all that. Yeah. And I start, I get on this bike to kick it over, and I cannot find the carburetor. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I know that feeling. And I'm I'm right next to a Babbitt's Team Babbitt's guy. <laughs> he said there's no peacock on that thing man yeah <laughs> hey i just got my first you know i'm riding a, i've been riding an 06 crf 450 uh -huh. so i'm same same boat i got on uh a guy's ktm 350 a few about a month or two ago and same thing i lean over and i'm looking for the the petcock and my buddy michael gage is like dude it's not carbureted uh, oh yeah yeah forgot, <laughs> yeah so I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. 
I had heard that they had done that to at least one of the brands. <laughs> well, apparently it's all of them Honda now. Had it. You're out yeah. of the sport for a little longer than you than than it sounds like. Yeah. Huh? I, the sport has progressed a lot since I kind of quit. <laughs> it, it, it tends Plus, to do that. My last couple of years, I just drank a whole lot, so uh, that, 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 that I really don't know what was going on then either. So. Yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, that sounds like uh, some of that Black Sox Mafia crew right there. <laughs> hey, I'm one of the founding members of Team Vets Unite. Yes, yes, sir. I, I we need to get Shan to get that damn yearly race or practice thing going again. Vets Unite, oh. Black Sox. I, he keeps saying he's going to do uh, it, but. You know our vets unite a uh, freestone national race. Yeah, that's what we did. Where wow, we where that we get... was a uh, historic fail, but God, it was fun. <laughs> historic fail. <laughs> it's always fun times, though. Yeah. Well, the, the the first time we ever did that, they mixed us in with. Uh, it was at a Loretta Lynch qualifier, <laughs> and they mixed us in with the 450 intermediate kids. How'd that work out for you? Because there were only you know ten of them or so. Right about. 10, 15 of us all dressed up in costumes and nobody knew what to expect the first time we did this. Well, we got, I mean, the gate dropped and this wasn't even pre-planned. Nobody talked about this. Gate dropped. Half of the class immediately went right and cut the course. <laughs> and half of the cast went straight, uh, kind of heading off into the back section of the track. Right. I bet I know what's And then all we did was, we got so into it, all we were doing was trying to take each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we kind of forgot about these 450, serious 450 kids that are actually trying to get to Loretta's. <laughs> Screw those kids. So yeah. we, we pissed a couple moms off. I was but, about to say, how many Moto parents were pissed at y'all? Uh, about well, 10. Every one of them <laughs> that had a 450 intermediate kid, but everyone else at Freestone that day had a blast. There you go. Yeah, well, During that moto. Who cares what the parents think anyways, right? They need to let it go. I mean, their careers are only going to last so long anyway. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, you know you know how what the what is the likelihood of yeah. anybody making it right? Bet so. you not forever, though. Yeah. That's right. You'll always have us old retards out riding somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Full retard. So I got a question for you. Being from yes, a guy sir. that's that's coming into like being, I guess, a factory mechanic or however you want to say it for that short time or, or working on these bikes. The greatest supercross mechanic greatest of all time. Of all time. Of time. Get it right, TJ. Damn I, I, it. I'm working on this. So anyways, what, tell us about like a weekend there from the mechanics point of view for somebody who doesn't like, who's not jaded, who hasn't been there for, you know, 10, 20 years as a mechanic, explain the weekend uh, of doing this. Uh, insane. Yeah. <laughs> One so, word. <laughs> Seattle, you know, we get to Seattle, and uh, we get there on a Friday. We had, like, Cheyenne had a uh, – first thing we had was a uh, – I didn't even know about this. A stranger <laughs> from a men's mission in downtown Seattle picked us up. <laughs> what? Uh, so, apparently, Cheyenne had a speaking engagement <laughs> at a – Men's mission, which is basically for heroin addicts. Oh, wow. This van was a nonprofit van and scarier than any moto van I've ever seen. <laughs> the kid driving it looked just like Ryan Villapoto, except he wouldn't say a word. <laughs> and the, the guy driving's trying to give him instructions on where the rental car place is. And at uh, one point, this kid just turns around, looks at Cheyenne and I. I don't think we had even said a word yet. 
and he said, if, 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 if I want your help, I'm going to ask for it. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we just, uh... man, this kid's like this little bitty Ryan Villapoto kid, but he's, he's lived a rough life. So we're just going to shut the hell up. So to, yeah. say, he immediately man. backs into a wall and crashes the van. <laughs> so that's vehicle number one we destroy. We go to the mission. We do his little speech. We go out to the stadium. Uh, I see the bike for the first time. This deal just came about for Cheyenne. So basically, the week before, uh, he was riding out of his van. Uh, the deal happened. He threw his bike in their semi, and they brought it to Seattle. Yeah. So uh, start going over the bike. Uh, really, honestly, at that point, Shan didn't even know the, the entire deal. So he was a little, you know, trying to be a little cautious about using any of the team's product. So I basically had half a roll of paper towels, half a can or a quarter of a can of WD-40, <laughs> and uh, some really old, horrible T-wrenches that were mine. <laughs> Yes. And some other, a couple other tools to work with. We had enough chain lube for practice then. <laughs> I, I, we did have chain lube, and we had two air filters. One really dirty, one brand new. <laughs> Very prepared. Uh, extremely prepared. Uh, uh, but we did have an extremely sweet rig. Yeah. I this saw the was pictures. the old factory Suzuki rig. Hey, yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm all about faking it because that's the only way I get there. <laughs> so we had an extremely cool rig, but basically nothing to work with because we weren't really sure what the deal was. And he kind of wanted to play it, you know, very gently. <laughs> sure. Uh, and not ask for much. So we did what we could. Uh, track conditions were completely up in the air oh yeah they were awesome weren't they but basically first days really we just put some graphics on which uh i'm not gonna lie i put the front number plate on like i mean skip norfolk would have been proud <laughs> it was that perfect oh wow uh not gonna say that about the rest of the graphics yeah but... i was gonna say the shrouds are the tricky part uh wow one i did okay <laughs> Don't let the rider do him. He thinks he's better, but he's not. <laughs> but neither one of us were any good. Well, dude, you got to, I mean, like, putting them on for races like that, y'all are putting them on basically on the fly. Like, I spend an hour on one side, you know, one sh part of the shroud on my bikes when I Oh, this is with people staring at you. And, I mean, this is, it's a full factory rig. Yeah. Right. So uh, you're doing this in front of the... It has the appearance of being a team with millions of dollars of budget. But <laughs> kind of what I learned is... Uh, there's a whole lot of teams out there that are kind of faking it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard those stories. Heard 11, 10 mods. Yeah. Uh, literally, you're using both sides of your paper towel. <laughs> that's bad. To Jeez. save money. Damn, but that, just, to pay for, just to pay for that rig to look, sit there and look pretty. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a hell of a setup, and it's a, it's a complete outside industry sponsor, the Micro Fitbit PBRC Yoshimura Suzuki team. Mm -hmm. uh, they are, you know, that that's like a credit company and something right. else. Uh, but that's exactly what this sport needs is outside sponsors. 
There you go. Agreed. No, so, I agree with and that. they they play the part really well. You know, everyone acts professional. It looks professional. It is. But there's just not Team Suzuki money to work with. Right. So you you do the best you can. <laughs> uh, and like I said, that the, their hospitality was amazing. Uh, it beats upset under a lot of tents as a photographer and eating a lot of free meals. That's, you know, kind of like I said, the whole faking it thing. That's right, how yeah. I eat. <laughs> there you go. And uh, their hospitality matched any big factory team's tent I've sat under an eight. So uh, were you, you were there, were you there last weekend too? Did you wrench for him both weekends? It, no, I wasn't able to make it. I had some other, you know, kid stuff to do last weekend. Right. right. Those pesky kids. Hopefully I'm going to make New Jersey. I'm not sure yet. I'm actually from there. So it's kind of exciting. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get to go see the family or whatever, friends. Old. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from New Jersey originally. I'm actually from the same town this PB this Microbit team is from, uh, from Princeton, New Jersey. But then I also lived in Queens, New York, and that's kind of where my family was. Cool. It's super cool. And, to hear. Uh, it's a, super cool to hear about somebody. You know, basically, it's kind of like a rider getting a, a a factory ride for the weekend or whatever. Yeah. But hearing a mechanic, somebody who does, you know, what I mean, that's just. I, well, I, if, if I could stumble is, across man. something like that, so were you able to take off work and just go, or do you? How did that? Uh, well, I mean, currently I am a he bitch. Oh, I got oh. you. So, you're a kept man. Is that what you're saying? Uh, pretty much. Well, <laughs> dude, I'd like to get. I'm trying to get on that program myself. Right. Tired of working. Uh, it's the worst idea ever. Is it? <laughs> it it's. I, I'm. I'm this close to hanging myself at the end of every day. <laughs> if I ever hear somebody say, stay at home, mom has it easy, I will personally kill them. <laughs> it's the worst job, and I've, you know, aircraft mechanic. I've worked in some of the worst. I guarantee you I've worked harder than 90% of most guys out there, not your oil field guys and stuff like that. But I've worked in the worst conditions you can possibly work in, the best conditions I've Almost lost my life at work multiple times on airplanes. Uh, this is the hardest job I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. You said you have to like set Demon up a kids. daily schedule. Like I'm going to vacuum at this point. I'm going to do the dishes at this time. You know, clean the toilets uh, at noon. Things like that. I mean, it's kids. Oh, you got kids at home too still. Yeah, that's what he's talking well, about. Well, yeah, I know that, I mean, but I didn't know if he had like daycare. Kids were going to kids. daycare, Mother's so Day out or whatever. freaking plans you have out the window. Right. Oh, I've got one just kid. just make it work. I've got one kid. She, she, our house is wrecked all the time with one little, with one three-year-old. I, how many do you have, Patrick? Try two of the little bastards. Jesus, no. <laughs> little demons. <laughs> the snip is coming really soon in our house. I'm out. So I already cut it off. <laughs> so what are you... I'm, what are you? What are you doing to try to get back to that factory job? I mean, are you? Is that why you're going up there? You're just gonna make yourself in the pit so you can. Uh, I, I was. I'm basically a supercross whore. If I can get away, I, I prefer go. the photography end. That's really my kind of dream job. Uh, I love being behind the scenes and doing photography at Supercross. Right. That takes a lot more pre-planning. You can't just last second decide, okay, I'm going to go and get credentialed. Uh, the Supercross thing, I, 
man, it's it's just like a dream. It's you know, how many years did I? I never had any hope of making it as a Supercross rider. That's for sure. But uh, how many years did I sit in those stands like everyone else and just wish I was somehow part of the show? Right. So yeah, even though I'm you know, with you, I'm with you, man. Faking it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, hey, you... man, I still got to uh, riding the bike down to the tunnel man, in Seattle. There's like That's this one bitchy. area where there's couple hundred fans hanging over this overhang screaming at you yeah that's pretty bitchin'. how cool is that very hey before we it's wrap just... this up um so how does you know cheyenne i guess he got like a 16th and lcq and a 13th i think 12th uh, I, th- I it may have been 13th in lcq okay we, we started out pretty horrible conditions were really bad but everyone had the same conditions uh I, it's I can't even describe what that track felt like. It was like riding on the moon. Right. Well, was uh, was Cheyenne pleased or comfortable? You know, was he happy with what he came at, away with? By the end of the night, yes. Of course, frustrated that we didn't make it into the main. Yeah. But it's a it was a good step forward. By the end of the night, he improved significantly. He got a horrible start, but he passed a bunch of people. Uh, and and started riding more confidently. Yeah, well that's good. So it's Step his first year in four fifties. You know, I mean, hell, his very first Supercross ever. He made a main event. Oh wow! In lights. Yeah. So uh, this is this wasn't even the plan this year. This four fifty deal just kind of happened last second. So I think he rode a four fifty once and then went and raced Supercross. Uh, he's been getting better every week. There, you know, it hasn't been great, right. but he's made most of the shows. And learning from it. Uh, the, and I mean, this is 450 class. This is the the pinnacle of the entire sport of motocross. Agreed. American yeah. Supercross. Yeah. So it's easy to get down on yourself, but if man, if you look in those stands and think how many people have ever thrown their leg over a bike, uh. You're one of the very few guys yeah, that's actually yeah, it's, on the line. It's doing an elite it. group for sure. Absolutely. So absolutely, it's a it's a pretty cool deal. Well, Patrick, we won't keep you anymore, buddy. But we really appreciate you coming hey. on and shooting the shit with us, man. It was good talking to you wow. again. Do you have a, a another three minutes? A three minutes? Can we do three? Yeah, we can do three we minutes. Can probably do three minutes. We got three it. minutes. All right. I'm used to so doing super- like a minute and a half, so I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, me too. Yeah. If that, hey, good on you, man. <laughs> You're better than me. Uh, so after the race, it, it took a while. We did get a rental car. I would not put it on my card because he's a kid. <laughs> right. And so he did have to pay more for this rental car. And uh, after the race, and did not buy insurance at my wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so after the race, we, we get out of there about 12. And... Uh, the way to get back to the hotel takes us right through downtown. The biggest hills you've ever seen in your life are in Seattle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my brother lived there for about a year. So we're, you know, our Kia, anywhere we go, is it's pedal to the floor because it's a Kia. So it's <laughs> only one way to drive it. <laughs> the hamster, and the hamster's I, tired. Yeah. This is 90s style motocross right here. And uh, about, three quarters of the way up this hill, we see that it levels out and then it appears to go back up. So we're figuring we're going to jump this bitch. 
So I tell them, Cheyenne, send it, do it. So pedal to the metal. The second we go airborne, we realize not only does it level out, but it also goes down with an immediate <laughs> face of a triple jump back up. And we both kind of looked at each other, just went, oh, shit. <laughs> Ripped the front end basically off of the car. Nice. Now you're we could hear it dragging, so we turned the radio up to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just praying it, it just holds together. Right. And we get it back to the rental place. We get it back to the hotel. And next morning, about 4 o'clock, we go to the rental place. And uh, we both put our sunglasses on. We kind of kicked the bumper back up. You got to tell them that shit was that way when I picked it up. What's that? You got to tell them it was that way when we picked it up. Sorry, dude. Tell you again. No, I, Sorry, I didn't. He, he, he said you got to tell him it was already that way when you got it. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't want to say anything because we right. knew we'd screw it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we both we kind of knocked it back in place about 100 foot before we turned it in. And then uh, we both put our sunglasses on. And I was actually proud of Cheyenne because he's kind of young. But uh, we both we didn't say a word. We got out of the car. We grabbed our bags. He kind of tossed the keys to the uh, rental car guy, and he said, hey, man, it bogs a little bit in first. And we just kept on walking. <laughs> nice. That's and I awesome. swear I heard the bumper drop. That's definitely eight, late 80s, early 90s motocross. That's it. That's Perfect. It. it fulfilled my dream weekend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, buddy, again, thanks for coming on here, man. We had a blast talking with you. Hey, welcome. Thanks, Patrick. See you later, buddy. All right. See you, man. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Patrick Hurley, mechanic and photographer to the stars. And with that, let's go to our first commercial break. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, Get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, if you go to PMPSprockets.com and type in Darkside MX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. I was I was broke before I got here, so and I have no money, so there we go. Hey, Facebook slash PMP Sprockets, check them out online, PMPSprockets.com, or call Kim and the crew and tell them Moto X Pod sent you. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, 
Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. All right, guys, we're back. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, uh, Shock Socks, and PMP Sprockets. And with that, we'll get to our next guest. He is a senior editor at Dirt Rider Magazine, president of Kiefer, Inc., R&D, and Pulpamex Show co-host, the, the one and only Chris Kiefer. Kiefer, what's up, man? Hey, guys, how you doing? I just, uh, just got home from testing and uh, looking over my many emails that I got today. <laughs> how many did you get from Darkside today? Uh... Uh, no emails. I got some texts from Darkside, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to limit it because I know. <laughs> no, I know, I'm sure he's not a, I know he's not a creeper, so it's all good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. then you don't know. You really don't know <laughs> Then, him, then you don't know. <laughs> I have pictures of you on my wall. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I always wonder. I asked Chiz the same thing because he knows I'm a big fan. It's like, how does, does it get weird, you know, being having fans? Is that How weird is that? No, it's funny because uh, Mathis freaks out on me when I invite people to my house and cook lunch and shit for them. But um, for me, like I, I'm a pretty good judge of character. I can kind of tell who's who's kind of weird and who's kind of like only talking to me just to get shit. But otherwise, uh, no, Darkseid's legit, man. He helps out. He sends me shit, like, and uh, so I can tell he has a good heart. So I'm all about it. Oh, he does. There's not a better human I know right now. I'm glad to call him my friend. Yeah. He's, a, he's a little weird looking, but oh well, you know. Dark side, although although if I didn't know Dark Side, I look he just looks like some old heavy metal rocker dude just really to fuck shit up. You know, that's what I, really actually, like. you're a good judge of character. Yeah, pretty yeah, damn close, other than the fucking shit up part. I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Like, I don't drink. I don't party. I'm pretty pretty chill. I just like to Netflix and chill with my chick and ride dirt bikes. Yeah, nothing wrong with yeah that. that sounds like me. Like, everyone thinks that... Uh, a party because I'm, you know, I'm usually fired up and, right. and, and, you know, have a sense of humor. But honestly, like my wife, she pressures me all the time. She's like, just have a drink with me. And I don't really drink. I've, I mean, I've been drunk twice in my life back in the day, like high school, but dude, I just don't think my body likes alcohol. Cause every time I tried it, it just get a headache. Right. So yeah. I'm just like, so my wife sends it. I just hang back, let her get loose. You know, I reap the benefits of her getting loose. So that's, go. that's good with me. Heck yeah. yeah. As a, as a kid, as a teenager, I never, I, my dad, first of all, was a military guy. You know, that's when I lived in high des out at Fort Irwin. But you know, if I got in trouble, if I drank and got in trouble, I didn't get to ride. So right. I got good grades and I stayed the hell out of trouble. <laughs> Dude, like for me, like every day after school, I would just like, you know, if you, you raised it here, I'd come home and I went riding. So that, that's basically what I did. And, yeah. How I would get in trouble is I would ditch school and go riding. That's how I would get in trouble. <laughs> I tried that once, and then my mom, I found that my mom had told the principal at the beginning of the year to call her if I was not at school. So it didn't last long. Yeah, that sounds like a move right. my mom would do, and she got but, called a lot. But. Funny funny story is what just came up the other day when me and my wife were talking. Uh, we had an old, like, rundown motorhome that was in the backyard of my old house, and I would tell my mom, like, I hated school, dude. Like, I hated it, didn't like it, so... Um, early part of high school, I would be like, all right, see you later, and walk pretend like I'm walking to the bus stop. <laughs> what I would I would leave and then go around the backyard and then sneak in the window of the motorhome, and literally, dude, I would stay in the fucking motorhome all day. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> and for some reason, the TV worked, and I would watch, like, Antana, Rabbit Ears TV all day and then yeah. get crawl out of the motorhome, come back in at 2 o'clock, like, hey, Mom, how's it going? And she caught me one day. She's like, hey, how was school? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it was good. You know, she's like, what'd you learn? And I, I wrapped off all this lies, you know, and <laughs> she came in and smacked the shit out of me. She's like, don't you ever lie to me? You know, where have you been? You've been in that motorhome. I'm like, oh my God. So <laughs> yeah. that was, that was crazy. That's good parenting though. They're always going to catch you. Always. Dude, it, it's funny because I catch my, my son doing some shit like that and I, and I bark at him and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm my dad. Yep. Like I hear the same shit that my dad used to tell me and <laughs> uh, I, it freaks me out. It's yeah. funny how it come full circle like that. Yeah, Kiefer, um, this TJ, I raised two boys and one of them moved out of the house and married and the other was a teenager and they don't have any chance of getting away with anything because my wife and I both kind of were bad kids when we were younger. So we know all the tricks and so they wanted oh, yeah. being good kids because we knew all the tricks and so they couldn't yeah. get away with nothing. Yeah, it's funny because I was with Lane Shaw today. He's a Texan, and uh, I was talking with his mom, and she's the same way. She's like, I was really open with Lane, and Lane told me everything, and I'm the same way with my son Aiden. Like, hey, you know, what you're going to do, I've probably done more than once, so <laughs> anything that you're going to do, I want to know, so don't even lie. Just tell me what's up, you know, mm. so – we got creative. I used to get creative with those lies with my parents and try to invent new ways to get around shit. And I have a feeling my kid's going to be the same way yep. at some point. But we'll see. Hopefully, I'll catch her doing whatever she does. Hey, I got a question for you, Kiefer. Yeah. So, you were talking about earlier about having fans and, you know, guys that are creepers, kind of like Dark Side here, <laughs> who follows you around and, and creeps your, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But no, seriously. So, like, when you quit racing, you know, when your racing days were over, did you ever think that you you would have a fan base the way you do now, not racing? No, never. Like, um, when I was racing, obviously, and people knew who I was, but I was just a privateer guy, so it wasn't that that gnarly. Um, when I started getting more into, into the testing, I was always into testing, but more confidential stuff, so no one really knew what I did. But once I got with Dirt Rider and, and did more things and was in the magazine more, and then Obviously, being with Steve and then doing what you know, doing Pulp Show, I think that just escalated it, and people get to know me more personally on on another level versus Dirt Rider Magazine. Because with Dirt Rider, I got to do my work, and then that's pretty much it. I can't really be an individual, you know. I'm more of a team over there, and and with Steve and Pulp, I'm more of an individual. So I think I think it's cool because people get to know who I am and. And I think that creates a, a more of a fan base, just more than just a rider. I mean, look at, you know, Seven Deuce Deuce, same yeah. thing. Like, if he was just racing, no one would really know who he is if it wasn't for Mathis. So, yeah, I don't a, think... a, a lot of this has to do with Steve and the show, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't think Steve realizes just how, how how much the industry loves this show. I really don't. I, I think he understands it some, but I don't think he understands yeah. the reach. We we actually talked about that. You know, I got to sit next to him at the, in the press box at dallas and I, I told him that in between some motos man you don't when you say janky and you know your show you don't realize really how big you are to us because for me it changed the sport because i didn't right. know who chris Kiefer was i didn't really know who seven deuce deuce was or cade clayson you know i mean i just it, it's completely changed the sport for me yeah and it's funny because we're so um what's the word for we're so like used to it out here and we're so jaded because we're around it all the time, right? So sure. every day I wake up and I do motorcycles and ride them and I'm in the Mecca down in, you know, the nine oh nine. I'm just surrounded it by all the time. So I'm kinda numb to it. But you get guys further east or up north where dirt bikes 
you know, aren't the norm, this is the stuff they listen to because that's what, you know, they're going their 9 to 5 job. They got Pulp MX, they got Steve's show, they got all this shit that Steve does, and it brings them closer to the weekend and when they want to go riding dirt bikes, you know, because that's what they live for on the weekends. You know, they bust their ass all week. They want to go ride their dirt bike, but yet during the week they want to want to hear about it, they want to talk about it, you know, and that's, yeah. something, that's something I fight with myself to try to, like, when I see people, you know, when I get home, I'm kind of burnt out on it, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm just going to do something else, you know. But um, I get it, you know, because if I wasn't around it all the time, I'd want to talk about it all the time, too. So it's cool to see what Steve has brought to other people because it just brings – to me, it brings happiness and laughter, and you get information. Yep. It's kind of like a, a show that's all wrapped up in one. You get all this shit, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the Howard Stern of motocross, oh, in my ab- opinion. Absolutely. I, well, I tell people, I like, you really don't – imagine – if you want to know how much, how important this show really is, imagine life without it. <laughs> you know, imagine life without it. How how uh, unconnected as fans we probably would be. Yeah. So, Steve and you, I mean, like, and all the insight you give, like, especially, actually, I gotta say here lately, you've been focusing a little more on the after dark than some of the technical breakdown stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, that's good information, no, buddy. I, hey, the, that, that is a technical stuff, breakdown. Th- yeah. yeah. But the bike, I do miss some of the bike technical breakdown you you did a little more before. Yeah, you know what? And me and Steve talked about that before. It's like uh, he really wants me, and he's busted my balls about this because I went out and got my old, you know, my, my own podcast equipment, got everything ready to go, right? So I was going to kind of do it that way. I was going to have my own technical testing based show, but running off a of pulp network, yeah. um, which is still a possibility and going to happen. But I'm just so busy with things like that now. It's just um, it's hard for me to do that when I get home. But but you're right, you know. It's funny because Steve always says, hey, I'm going to get you out here early so you can go home, you know. But then we get to after dark, and then I get excited, right? So I'm, like, fucking jacked up. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about vagina. Let's talk about people having problems. Let's just do it, you know. Let's get into it. And I get more excited sometimes talking about that right. shit. Dude, like, well, it's probably because if you were talking about that all the time and dealing with that, you'd all you'd want to do is talk moto. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you were a gynecologist, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's funny because all my buddies say the same thing. You should be a therapist. Like, you should have your own little love line show or something because I've been that way for so long. Like, I've always tried to, like, help my buddies probably. Like, hey, Kiefer, man, I got <laughs> – I went down, you know, with this chick last night. It wasn't good. I'm like, all right, this is what you got to do. I'm just really into it. I've the just Jolly been that Rancher. way for a long time. The Jolly Rancher. You're right. <laughs> Jolly <laughs> Ranchers. It works. Don't don't knock it. Right. Uh, no, I've, tr- I've been there. Hey, yeah. 20 years of marriage, I've never had to use that, so I'm okay with that. Uh, I hope not. Hey, that means you married the right the right woman, dude. That's, yeah, right. that's right. right. There you go. Let, let me, let's, let's shift gears a little bit, get to the, uh, get the technical side of things. So, so let's say – I wanted to buy a 17KX450, but I enjoy riding a bike that's a little more friendly turning with the front end. What would you do to a bike like that to kind of make it, you know, make well, it a little better that way? Because the Kawasaki is, is really not that bike, right? Right. Yeah. So you're kind of dealing with the rear and steering, you know, motorcycle right there. That's how it's built. I mean, the new, the new chassis is better. So it's, it's a little bit more evenly balanced, but obviously there's things you can do um, with the fork offset and funny enough you can do a lot of things with that with the air fork even though i don't like it as much as other other bikes there is some options where you can you know use a different air pressure in the outer chamber and the balance chamber that kind of make it more front end biased um but then you're going to be working with you know a little bit harsher feel in the the mid stroke or maybe even in the beginning of the stroke so 
there's there's pluses and minuses to to all of that as far as like air air forks period you know you can get lost the normal consumer can get kind of lost and never really get a a noticeable difference in what he's doing so that's what i was going to ask to say about the air forks and i hear you talk about them all the time and how much you love the air fork and yeah uh, (laughs) but no seriously like the bike i came off of i'm riding the ktm 350 now but the bike before that was a cowie with the psf1 and i like the shot i like the far i couldn't i maybe i'm not a good enough rider I'm a vet B rider. Come get my Honda and take it out. But you see what I'm saying? Like, but for most guys, I hear people complaining about them, but I'm like, dude, you're not even good enough. You don't even know how to set your sag up. How can you say the forks (laughs) suck? You know what I'm saying? And and I'm a guy who I do tweak with suspension. I've got a kid who's relatively local fast kid. And so we test and do stuff. And, um, I, I seriously, I don't understand. I think it's just people get it in their head and it's not good just because of that. Because of people like you technically. (laughs) <laughs> you're in a you're, you're you're actually right because uh i would say you know some of the consumer out there doesn't ride fast enough to know the difference of what they do you're right they don't check the sag and and that's some of my argument is why would you put an air fork on when guys don't even check the sag and then they right. could really get lost but yeah um and you're right the p actually your psf1 fork wasn't the worst air fork ever the psf2 is when they went to psf2 is when it really got shitty. It was oh, even a okay. cheaper version of that fork. Um, so a lot of these teams, you know, like Cycle Trader and you know Alex and all those guys, they're running PSF one older setups on their bikes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the PSF two wasn't um, a step in the right direction for them. It actually went backwards. And if a lot of guys that tear open that fork, you know, suspension companies are like, man, it's such a cheaply made fork, kind of like the four CS was for WP. So, I, I I try I try to pump the brakes a little bit, but I guess me being me and I'm so nitpicky and I test so much <laughs> stuff, I know what works and I kind of know what doesn't. But when you when you buy a bike and that's all you know, you probably get used to it. And you don't really know any better, right? Because you're yeah, not riding anything right. else. Well, and um, I think for me, I ride everything, so that's why I'm trying to explain to people like, hey, spring fork has more comfort. It's easier to deal with. It doesn't change over time. Just easier in general right. and i think you know you're you, this is what you get paid to do but you are much more in tune with your machine than a guy like me or any of the, us in this room because we're all just vet kind of amateur riders you know and we all suck yeah when you talk about feeling the pliability of the tire i'm like uh, it's a tire dude that's all i feel it's a tire you know i don't right. i don't feel those things you know i rode my 15 finally just sunday and i didn't like the air forks as much as a spring fork but it really didn't affect me because I wasn't going very damn fast. Right. And and, and that's the thing I kind of want to do with Kiefer Inc. later on when I when I get some more time and, and, and change some things up is I, I kind of want to bring that to light is bring some products out and have these open days that I can bring, you know, the regular guys like you out and be like, here's, here's three setups. I oh, want man. you to ride all of them. And you're not, I'm not going to tell you what it is, and I want to see if you guys can feel the difference. And then this way, after you're done riding, I can kind of like tell you exactly, well, going back, you can tell me what you feel, then I can give you the information that's on each bike. And then that way, when you go home and you ride things, you can analyze your stuff better because I don't think the average guy can do that until they feel something. Right. Yeah, I like that. So Kiefer Inc. is trying to do, I'm trying to build my my company where I have a couple more people and we can kind of do this around here in SoCal 
where people can pay and be like, here, here's the deal. Here's how you can test. Here's how you can feel things. And you can go away and do it to your own bike and have a better setup. Well, when you decide to open up a a, a branch here in a, the <laughs> South Central area, you let us know. Yeah, you? I know three dudes who will, who will definitely go to yeah. work right then. I, I'm yeah, that'd be great. Shoot, I, I just do a vacation and bring the bikes and come out to SoCal for a week. Well, <laughs> I, I'm shooting for the World Vets, so I don't know if I'm going to bring the bikes because that's a hell of a trip. But I definitely want to come out and at least say hi to you and. Yeah, you need out. to come out. Hell, I I get you a bike to ride. We got enough of those around here. Well, I, that's that's the goal. Then I've already I talked to John Anderson, and uh, you know he's he told me to come on out. He could hang out in the in in the VIP room or whatever, watch the race. Yeah, and, a little yeah, upstairs so, deal. Yeah, yep, yep. So I'm in for that. And uh, you know, I still with the uh, Kiefer Inc. We all have some questions about the Alta. Um, my question is, and you know, here and Mathis talk about this. He doesn't think any time in the near future, it will be allowed in Supercross. What is your opinion on that? Well, I know, just dealing with the guys there, and I've been on the inside of it, I know they have a good contact at AMA, and I know the AMA is willing to work with those guys because, it, one, they're going to have to eventually, right? Yes. It's going to come around where they're going to have to do it, so they might as well start getting on it now and get ahead of the, ahead of the curve, so to speak, just to, to uh, get ready for what's about to come. Um, if there's more guys out there like Alta, and I'm sure there is, um, we're going to see a lot more of these bikes and they're going to want to go race them. Um, as far as near future, I'm sure the Alta guys wouldn't want to hear this, but I don't think it's quite ready to do a full blown, you know, supercross race. Um, battery technology has to advance a little bit more, which it is. And those guys, I've seen it firsthand how much it's advanced since I started with these guys. So yeah. So would um, it be ready for like a vet rider to go out and hit his local track and ride like an open vet class with it? I mean, for a weekend of, of you know, like four motos riding two classes. I mean, it, it's not going to hold up to that right now, is it? Right now, it's it's honestly it's probably on the cuffs of that right now. I'm sure you could go out right now locally because I've done it. Like I've been testing on local you know practice days and went out and did a 20 minute moto, came back in, and still had you know 30 40 percent of battery life. Charged it sat around for an hour and went out and did another 20. So that that's capable of, of, of happening right now. The thing that it depends on is what type of track you're at, right? Sure. So if you're at a, of a, a tighter track, hard pack, no problems. If you're at a deep sand track, like you're going to Three Palms or something where you guys live, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I don't know if it if it can hang because it's, it's softer soil and it takes a lot of battery power to, you know, to get, get that thing up. moving yeah. around. Okay. Wow. So, How aggressively you ride the bike has a little bit to do with that too, correct? Absolutely. It doesn't suck power unless you're on the throttle. If you're off, no matter what, coasting, anything, it's not using any any, any battery power. So it's only when you're on the throttle. So well, it, it Mark, last, it, it lasts forever for you. Yeah, you're coast I, I, around. I'd be fine. <laughs> I, was say, so, I was about to say about myself. I'd be good. I'd be good. No, that would not it, be a good bike for like Swan, as wide open as it is. No. I mean, that'd be a terrible bike for that Or or, or like at Underground, as deep as It'd it is. It'd be terrible, yeah. yeah. No, and, and the thing is, like, right now I could go to REM, local races, and do that. And I, and I see more, actually, I saw a couple guys riding them, and I talked to them, and they actually, you know, purchased them and bought them, and they're happy with them. Um and what's cool about the Alta guys is they're constantly evolving their battery. They're constantly evolving their maps, um, their suspension. I'm actually going out with them next week to do more suspension evaluation. So there's those guys 
out of all the com- out of every guy that I've met in, in electronic technology, these are the guys that are going to do it because they're super smart, they're down to earth, they know their goals aren't so unachievable that they're just you know, hey, we're going to spend all this money that we have and they're going to be out of business in four years. Like these guys are in it for the long haul. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, well, they built a good bike to start with too, yeah. correct? Right. And everybody asked me, hey, would you want would you want one? Would you would you buy one? And and I'm I'm the honest man. Like no, I wouldn't buy one because I still love, you know, combustion engine motorcycles. Like I love it. Like I love the electric bike. I love the Alta, but it's just a different kind of of love for me. It's not like something that's the only thing I would have in my garage. You know. Well, sure. I've got a track here at my house, and we got some kids to come out here and train. And during a busy day, we'll have ten guys out here riding. And I can tell my neighbors get a little bit bummed about it. You know what I'm saying? And and they've said a few things a couple of times, and I'm like, man, it would just be nice just to have the electric bikes and not to worry about it because, you know, guys could ride anywhere. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny because I don't know if you guys watched the Blake Wharton um, GoPro yes. or whatever he had on Racer X. Yeah, I did. I seen a it, – it wasn't the GoPro part, but it was a – you know, he's getting filmed, and he comes around a guy. Right. And the and guy bumps him. He almost clips his arm. He, like, almost clips his arm coming around the corner. And the dude didn't even know he was there, so he scared the shit out of the guy. So <laughs> I think it could go either way. It could go the benefit of the guy riding the Alta or the opposite way. It could hurt him because the guy doesn't even know you're back there. You know, yeah, you could, like, swap yeah. lines and hit you. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so you don't really get a chance to talk a whole lot of off-road with Mathis. So I was going to, you know, I, I know you love doing both. What do you prefer? If you had to pick one day, you know, to go ride and you had to pick off-road or moto, what would you do? Man, that's that's tough. Uh, my buddy, all my off-road buddies, I hang out with with Gary Sutherland and Ricky Brabeck a lot. They live right next to me, and we go train together and ride together. And that's awesome. They bust my balls. They think I'm a prima donna motocross <laughs> bitch because I won't go trail riding with them when it's dusty and, and shitty, you know, because I'm like, dude, I've been there, done that. But if it's a perfect day out, if I have a perfect prep motocross track or it just rained out, out in the des and, yeah. and it's perfectly, you know, traction heaven out there i would rather go trail riding max that's that's a fun time i so. miss that you know I, i've lived here since 91 i started racing in 1990 um bought a my dad my mom actually worked with tracy asher's dad who yeah. owned, who owned desert suzuki racing there in barstow got me a rm 125 took me to sunrise and i watched tj just blast around on an 80 and hell for all i know you were there that day and fell in love with it and started riding and you know we lived on the army base but they allowed my dad to build a track so as soon as i got home, yeah it was really cool so as soon as i got home from school got on the bike rode around the edge of the base to the track and i would ride or i'd go to tj's in barstow and like you say he lived around the edge of town and we would go ride from there damn near to victorville and back right finding trails and ravines and god i miss that there's just there's none of that around no we don't have that here no yeah, that's that's the one thing people are like, why the fuck do you live in Asperia? It's a shithole, and there's tweakers <laughs> here, and you know, and honestly, I, I I don't disagree with them. I'm like, the quality of people here, you know, is not the best, but um, for what I do, um, for dirt bikes, it's the best place to live, man. Like, like you said, I can ride right up from my garage. I have tracks all around my house. Yep. I drive ten minutes down the road. I can park in the middle of nowhere, unload, and I have twenty tracks I can ride at any time. I can ride three tracks, come back to the truck, gas up, go up in the mountains. No one screws with me. I can shoot guns. I can, you know, do whatever I want, you know, basically dirt bike related. And 
And for me, that's key. I don't want to live down in the the 909 with all the other assholes and, (laughs) you know, be in this concrete jungle and have to drive to go ride. That would drive me insane. Like, I would rather drive somewhere to actually go to work versus having to drive some something that I would rather want to do myself. So I need to, I need to move out where uh, you live because we have tweakers <laughs> here and it's not dirt bike friendly. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. When I'm yeah re- it's funny because the Victorville track just opened in the fairgrounds and there's some, I just did a Loretta qualifier there and there's some sketchy houses like right butts <laughs> up against that track, man. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I would not want to camp here. It's not good. And we were sitting out the starting line getting ready for our motos and we heard like four sirens <laughs> like, oh so much to have a crash or something I'm like no that's just standard issue shit out here guys oh, wow. so, how, how often do you get to go out and hit trails i haven't lately because i've been so damn busy with testing for moto stuff but um you know i get to go out quite a bit with dirt rider because obviously it's off-road based so we do all kinds of stuff but uh we do a lot of testing off-road stuff right by my house in hesperia honda valley up in the near arrowhead so I would say in the last two months, not very much. But before that, I would get out once or twice a week. So it just depends on what's, you know, what's on the schedule for, you know, the rundown on, on the magazine. So if we have some off-road bikes coming up, I'll be riding more. But yeah. there hasn't been that much lately for me to do besides moto and some parts tested. So uh, uh, I'm sure it's going to kick in here pretty soon. I know the the new KTM with the, the fuel injections coming up, that intro is coming up, and that's in Austria. So uh, once they we go do that, they'll bring those bikes back, and we'll be riding the crap out of them out here. Yeah, well, I'm very interested to see how that bike is. I would love to ride one when they get here. Well, that's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I'm really excited to ride one to see what the power delivery is like. Are they making that thing direct injected, or is it just like a basic standard fuel injection? I'd have to look on the on the schematics of it, but I think it's I think it's a direct inject. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that going out there riding out there in the mountains, dude, I've seen a lot of that the footage and going out to the hills. That just seems like – I'm a moto guy, but that seems like fun. Yeah, that, that looks awesome. Because the best – Yeah, we, people, don't, people don't get it until you get out here, right? Like, they're like, oh, you know, you get to go ride the desert. And then I'll get some people – I had some guys from Australia here one time, and they didn't know. I said, hey, we're going to go ride. They're like, okay. They get here, like, where are we going? I'm like, well, just follow me. And they're like, we can, <laughs> we can ride out here? I'm like, yeah, yeah we're good. We just ride. Yeah. And they spent – I mean, they burned five gallons of gas. They were just so stoked to ride anywhere they want. It was yes. it was really cool. That'd be cool. You can't do that here in no. Texas. Everybody, all the land's pretty well. We private. we had a, we had some places when I was growing up. Of course, I'm 37 now. They're all gone and built on. But we had tons of free ride spots. And my parents were not cool with racing or going to the track, but they let me have a dirt bike. So that's what I did. Those yeah. places are gone now, so it sucks. But well, the law here in Texas is on the, around the highways. If you are 10 foot off the edge of the road, it's legal technically. A lot of people don't realize that. So we. Me and the buddy, a bunch of guys got together, and we'd go hit pit bikes and go ride around like where they're doing construction on the new loop. Or <laughs> no, we did that. Remember, we did that Christmas Eve one that's time. That's right, with yeah. Stephen Barber and all yeah. them. It was that's crazy. cool. So that's about as off road as, as right. far as free riding as we can get. Yeah, I, I tell guys when I moved here, you know, almost every house has a bass boat in front of it out here. And when when I left Barstow area, like every house had a dirt bike leaned up against the house. It seemed like you know kids rode dirt bikes to the school. I lived at. I don't know if you know where Silver Valley High School is. No. Okay, it's right there near Yermo, and uh, that's where I went to school. Kids would ride their dirt bikes, you know, to school. Yeah. It's pretty badass. And that, that's cool because <laughs> when it rains out here, I mean, you don't hear – I don't hear much dirt bikes, you know, out here at all by my house. I'm kind of in a housing track. 
but once it rains, I hear so many dudes who start <laughs> yeah. their bike. I don't know if they're just fucking revving it up because they're pumped, <laughs> but dude, everyone in, has a bike in the garage just yep. waiting for some traction. And, That's it. And, and to, to elaborate on what you said, for me, growing up here, you know, all my buddies got into drugs and just, you know, I was just never, I had good parents, so I never really got into it because I always wanted to go ride dirt bikes, right? So I didn't want to party until 2 a.m. I wanted to like, hang out, be the designated driver, drive these drunk asses home, and then go get up and ride my dirt bike. So yep. it kind of, you know, basically kind of shaped my life. You know, even if I didn't do something in dirt bike realm, it just saved me from getting in trouble a lot too. So Same here, um, yeah. That's why, you know, my kid, I kind of like, I never really pushed him to, to ride, but he was playing football, doing things, and, and now he's really interested in riding. So that's kind of going to, you know, take up his time and, you know, keep him out of trouble, so to speak. I agree. Yeah. Um, I remember here in Texas, you know, our senior year, senior skip day was set. All the kids were going to the lake to uh, go party. And I stayed in school. And the next day, my mom signed me out and I went and rode dirt bikes at Swan. Went by myself. Right. That way, I, you know, I didn't get any trouble. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, girls get you in trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, well, they do. That's never going to change, though. Yeah. No. So, how old were you when you lost your virginity? Dark side? Uh, I was. 15, 14 or 15, Four, okay. 14. So, yeah, 14. It, it was at, yeah, it was at Fort Irwin and she was 21. That's awesome. It was. No way. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it was, it would have been a story that I could have sent in, but it wasn't, I don't know how believable it would have been, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I sat groceries at the little, it was at, the long hair, wasn't it? I didn't have long hair oh. then. Mom wouldn't allow it, but, uh, I, I sat groceries <laughs> at the commissary on base and there's this hot chick that, First of all, I saw her at the pool, and she was, like, walking around in a thong, which, I mean, she's got to be hot to be doing that at a public pool. Wow. And she ended up being, like, the bakery manager at the commissary, and I'd flirt with her at, four, <laughs> at 14 or 15 years old or whatever, and she was married to a guy that was, like, twice her age. And I, I was talking about riding dirt bikes at our track, and she drove out to the track one day, and then she's like, hey. Uh, she was throwing out the vibe early, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then she was like, she Dark had. Side, you homewrecker. She, uh, her <laughs> husband had kids, you know, that were from another marriage. And she's like, hey, I need a babysitter tonight. You want to babysit? And I was, sure. I got to give. I gotta, she didn't really need a babysitter. I got to watch out when he comes over. The studio's at my house. And I've been telling him my wife has a crush <laughs> on him. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, you better, you better have a camera in there somewhere. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that was my experience. She took advantage of me. Well, we've all heard Kiefer's experience. TJ, what yeah, was yours? I can't hardly listen to Metallica anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. I get so many tweets, man. I can't listen to shit anymore. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I ripped for you. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really say mine because, unfortunately, I was not one of the good kids that rode dirt bikes to stay off of drugs, and I really don't remember. <laughs> I know it was somewhere around... 12 or 13, but I don't remember. Dude, my, my, mine was with an older chick. She was cute, little yeah. short girl, nice booty, but dude, she already had two kids and she, she taught my young ass a few things. Yeah. It was nice. I made some really bad decisions, which actually worked out, <laughs> which, which, which actually, you know, I'm, I'm now I got all that out of my out yeah. out of way. So now I'm right. Actually, exactly. I don't drink or smoke or, I mean, I'm just kind of, I got all that done. Yeah. Well, that exactly. My, that's, that's the thing, man. Like people, I see people on hard times and they're still doing that stuff. I mean, a lot of, I mean, look at the motocross scene. It's, it's bad, you know, like, yeah. you know, Austin and Nico and, yeah. and I feel for those guys because when, 
when that's all you have is dirt bikes and it goes away, what do you turn to? And of course, you're going to turn to something that makes you feel good. And drugs obviously do that. And for some people, yeah. like the story with James Eichel that just did the podcast Kenny Watson just did with him. Man, that that guy fell on some hard times after he quit racing. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just it just sucks like to see these guys that were so talented and just kind of like you know shit the bed and just kind of throw it away just for some. For some bad decisions, you know, and right. I worry. Just, it, I worry about that stuff with my my son. He's sixteen. He's a pretty quick sea rider. He's got team green support, and um, I mean, he I make him have a job to pay for his own dirt bike. Um, I make them make him work for it, but right. that's what he does. He lives in whatever, and he just got like some people own. I don't know if you know the track underground and the match. Yeah. Turns. Well, they they saw how hard of a worker he was, and so they kind of took him under his wing, and he kind of just going to start staying there and training with them, but. He's having to work and weed eat and mow to earn his spot there, but well, I think that's the difference right there. I mean, honestly, I mean, he has to work, right? Yeah. And we were talking about that today. It's that's why I like Lane so much because yes, he loves bikes. He wants to be pro, but when I talk to him, it's engaging. You can tell he has a brain, and he's like, "Look, it's fun for me right now. This is what I want to do." You know. I'm going to try to send it and do it as long as I can, you know, but I'm going to have to get a job. I'm going to have to have something to fall back on. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's refreshing because yes. th guys like your kid, um, Lane, it's rare because these other kids are, you know, got a silver spoon in their mouth and they get bikes, they get gear. They're at the track every day. Well, um, that's what I told him. One some, of his, one of his best friends is like that. He's a great kid. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I got told, my son's name is Doc, and I told Doc, I said, look, dude, these kids, when times get hard for them or maybe dad's no longer supporting right. them or whatever, their program's going to fall apart. And yep. since I'm broke and <laughs> you're, you're doing this on your own, basically, you're going to be, it's going to be just life as general, you know, as normal for you. Yep. Right, and it's it's so cool. I was up at Zaka this week, and I met a kid just like that. Just, hey, man, I want to introduce myself, and uh, I've heard you on the show, and I'm you know, I love what you do, and I love dirt bikes. And I go, oh, are you racing? And he's like, yeah, I'm a B rider. And he's like, he's like, but I don't, you know, I don't care about turning pro. I just love riding dirt bikes. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I like you, yep, man. Like, yep. he's just like, he just likes riding. If it, whatever happens, happens. That's, you know, that's that's awesome. There's nothing wrong going after your dream and doing it, but man, you you got to know when to say when, I guess, and have some kind of plan, you know. Yeah. So. Well, Chris, we, like, we've kept you longer than I had planned on, and I know you got a lot going on. i got a couple more quick questions for you. Um, yeah. Any chance you'll be at uh, any of the Nationals? Like, will you be at Lakewood? Oh, man, I'd love to be at Lakewood. I love being in Colorado. Um, me and Heather have a have a place up in Greeley that we stay at. Um, so then just say and, yes, then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It's, I, I, I would. If I didn't have all this other shit I have going on, I would. I want to okay. try to go because I really want to try to go for the dream race because yeah. I have something lined up for that. We're planning on going. I was, hoping I, was you, I was hoping you were going to do at least one of those rounds. That'd be cool. Yeah, so I'm working on something with that, and uh, I really want to at least go to at least one or two of those, and I don't really care about going to Glen Helen or Sac. Is that <laughs> Glen Helen or Sacramento? the first one i think it uh, i, don't I know. haven't looked at the schedule so it's i'm not a, even it's sure it's uh colorado i think it's sacramento i think it is sacramento okay so i think it's sac colorado and then washugal yeah. so i at least want to get to colorado or washugal um and and do that and uh yeah i'd love to come up and and hang out and watch the national up there i love that track yeah, I've never been. You know, we used to go to Freestone, but <clears throat> with with this show, we're lucky enough to be able to get some media passes. So we're we're going up. I'm getting my plane tickets tonight. 
Sweet. Yeah, cool. I'd love to go, man. If we, if I go, I'd love to get with you guys and hook yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do that and, for uh, sure. If Dirt Rider ever needs a slow vet rider <laughs> to do some testing, you got my number. Yeah, and if he's hurt, Dude, he'll call me. If you guys lived close to here, man, I could use you. I just did some... I did a KTM 250, 350, and 450 article oh. that I needed some like wait 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 you know but, hold on, older hold on. guys. Some There's three of units, us. You know? There's three of us that could do that for you. There's only one of you, so you, you should move here. I'm telling you because <laughs> wait, give it uh, three or four more years. There's not enough riding here, but yeah. no, no. If you, I'm serious. Three or Can't four more years, then Northeast Texas area is going to wind up being like the next, like one of the next big riding areas that. Training facilities are going off. Kids are coming in. You look at what's going on in Oklahoma right now. I mean, we're getting yep. a lot of fast guys yep. in this area. No, I know. And I think more people are migrating east anyway for the dirt. I mean, our yeah. dirt's not the best here. So uh, I tried to petition Dirt Rider to move to Colorado, and I lost. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, I guess my last question is, did you get your goggles from Rich? I did. I just got them last week, so thank you Damn for it. that hookup. I, I took it's funny because he's like, "Why don't you just call me and get something?" I was like, "You know what? I just dropped the ball. Yeah. I have no comeback for that." Well, so I got about six pairs of those son of bitches ready nice. to rock. So okay. I'm doing some photos in them. Yeah, I called him. You know, I'm sponsored by him, and I'm kind of working for him now. I'm a vendor out here, and uh, I just said, "Hey, man, um, send a pair, pair of goggles to Kiefer, and I'll pay for them." I said, well, does he need some? I said, well, he said on, you know, Pulp, he needs some, and Mathis is dropping the ball, and just, and he said, man, I'll send them to him. So, so yeah, we're, I, I was willing to buy them because I want to see cool, him. In the, I want to see him you. in the uh, damn magazines. He was going to send it with one single red rose. I mean, it was going to be a <laughs> yeah. It's to the do. final rose tonight. Nice, yeah, sweet, yeah. a little sweet note. Yeah, to go with it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... No, hey, and Rich, Rich is a good guy, man. It's one of the few guys I looked up to when I was younger, growing yeah. up, and. You know, I wanted to be a magazine test rider, and and uh, Rich and Doug are the two test riders that always like yeah. were solid, had good information. One of the few guys, those two guys, you could walk up to them at any time and talk to them, and they will talk to you about dirt bikes. Yeah, he he seems like a really good guy. He's he's going to be on the show next week. Like I said, I I think I've been a vendor now for about three weeks. Um, each weekend, I've had about twenty pair of goggles, and I've sold them out. So he just nice. So it's going good, and we actually got to take care of guy cooper and trampus parker yeah, this last weekend guy cooper was so stoked when he said dark side walks up in that shirt and he goes hey work for x brand sure enough he, he got a pair of goggles out of it it's pretty cool so. <laughs> that's great hey if yeah. anybody knows goggles it'd be rich he's been in the game a yep. long time so yeah yep. hey and you guys going loretta's or no 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 I'll, I'll be there i'll be there with my son i'm sure i mean he's already qualified at the areas for three classes i think i mean he should as long as we don't have any breakdowns, shouldn't have any issues. I do a, the race announcing around here, oh, so sweet. it's kind of. I do it like I said. I'm broke. Just, oh, yeah. They're over here making hey. fun of me, going, "I do the race announcing." But I mean, dude, <laughs> I do it to pay for my kids' racing, and I'm amazing at it. So I mean, I mean, what's the problem? Well, hey, it's got to be fun, right? <laughs> it go. is. I get to go to the races for free, and my kid gets to race there for free. So you can't be. Hey, that. that works out. Works Perfect. Out. Now, if he goes A and makes some money, he can actually start making some money for you. Kiefer, are you going to make that Loretta's run run this year? Yeah, we're done. Like I'd qualified in my area. Me and uh, Aiden got our regional here. When is it? First week of June. Yeah. Are you going to show up with number one on? <laughs> you going to have number <laughs> one? He's not. Man, my, Heather wasn't liking that shit. She ripped that some bitch right Good off. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, oh. So the three digits back on. But yeah, we got it up at uh, Hangtown on the first week of June. Um, so we'll qualify and get all ready, and then, uh, yeah, we'll I'll be up at the ranch in August. Cool. 
Cool. Well, man, for me, it's an honor. You know, I'm a big fan, and I've appreciated all the help you give me through emails. Um, like I told you, you know, I, I wish Aiden had been there so he could have maybe, I figured he'd get a kick out of at least telling the sponsors. So if he ever wants to talk about his run for Loretta, you let him, you let me know, and we'll get him on there. Hey, if, if he makes it out of his regional, this is what I, this is what I told him, which <laughs> – between us, I I love my kid to death, but I don't think he's going to make it because he's got some stiff competition. Those kids ride all the time, and I said, yes. "Look, if you make the reg- if you make it out of your regional, I will buy you a new bike for Loretta's." That's awesome. Awesome. Um, so he is determined, right? And like, he is all about it. So if he makes it out of the regional, I'll make sure he calls you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, that'd be yeah, that would be awesome. Hey, and I I want to thank you for uh, actually my wife will probably want to thank you for all the tips that you give uh, Kiefer after dark. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife's very appreciative as well, buddy. I'm here to help, guys. It's yeah. it's my pleasure. That's what's it's built inside of me. I'm here to help. <laughs> well, Craig, thank you for your time, yep. Chris. We really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, and good show. And uh, I'll hope to see you guys in Colorado. Hope all so, right, man. man. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Cheers. Chris Kiefer, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we're going to go to our second commercial break. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, if you go to PMPSprockets.com and type in Darkside MX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. I was I was broke before I got here, so and I have no money, so there we go. Hey, Facebook slash PMP Sprockets, check them out online, PMPSprockets.com, or call Kim and the crew and tell them Moto X Pod sent you. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto XBOD sent you. 
All right, guys, we're back. Big shout out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, PNP Sprockets. With that, we'll go to our third and final guest. He is number 88, Mr. John Short. John, what's up, bud? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, been doing some schoolwork this evening. Getting Get, getting ready to go ride tomorrow. You getting, getting ready to head, together. head out to New Jersey? Yeah, we're leaving out Thursday Thursday morning. I'm heading out that direction. So Yeah, I got to see you out there this weekend at Oak Hill. You were... Um, I was trying to get, I was up there announcing, and I was trying to get a couple of buddies of mine to ride the A-class. He's like, go tell him I'm up here. I gotta, we're going to get you on the mic up there at the, you know, interview you for the announcing deal. But you kind of cool guide me, I guess. They, I, they told hey, me. Now that, now that you mentioned that, that did sound like your voice. I didn't know who was it. <laughs> no, he knew. I, no, he knew. I he knew. He knew. He's like, oh, I crap. Been I, gotta, to a, I haven't been to any area qualifiers or local races really in so long. I don't really know who's announcing <laughs> Well, Ryder Floyd gave you a little bit of a run for your money, but dude, you were on the gas. Yeah, it was. I rode okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, no big deal. No big I got, deal. I got no big that. deal. No numbers or anything. Just out there, just killing it. Well, that, that wasn't even my motorcycle. Yeah, so. I know. I know. That's <laughs> what, yeah. I was just riding. Well, how do you? I feel? really wanted to practice some starts before this re- weekend. That's the main reason I went out. Yeah. There. As your as your um, honorary rider coach, that's what I say. Starts through, yeah. when I text you. I've been trying to text you before races. Like, the speed's there, man. It's just that that really it's the starts, you know. And and you've had because of the bad starts, you've had some bad luck where guys will fall in front of you or whatever. But man, your speed. There's no doubt in my mind you're a top ten guy. I don't think anybody gets any more TV time than you do either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in the right place, at the right time as far as TV time goes. I guess. Yeah. Well, so so we're gonna all we're we're all looking. We all play fantasy pretty much. So we're putting you on the team. You feel good this week? I feel good. I'm I'm ready to go. So so put me in. <laughs> yeah. now, the last time you said that, you got me a bunch of points. But then my secret weapon was out. Everybody's like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, exactly." So we're gonna have to work a schedule out. You know, I'm gonna let you know. Okay, I'm I'm playing you this week. I need you to do well. <laughs> That's that's why I haven't done so well the past few weeks. I've been trying to give you that opportunity again. Right. Well, how how are you feeling? You know, you you got some practice uh, start practices, I guess. Yeah, I've done a lot of start practice. Uh, the riding's kind of been a minimal, been a couple days a week, just because uh, I've had a little nagging wrist injury. But um, trying to save it for this weekend. But I have done some riding, two three days a week, and then uh, mainly just starts really. Yeah. And, did you get that brace? Man, it didn't end up working out in time. I've got it ordered, but okay. it won't be done until next week, yeah. unfortunately. What, so what wrist is it? For Vegas? Yeah, I'll, I'll have one for Vegas. I was hoping to have one in this weekend, but sometimes it takes a little longer, yeah. you know, going through insurance and stuff. So. Right. I would say I have an off-the-shelf one I could give you, but you're not anywhere near where we are. You're, you're up in Oklahoma, right? Uh, well, pretty much. I'm almost to Gainesville, yeah. Pilot Point area. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, those things are good. I've been wearing one on my left wrist since 06, I think. And like I said, mine's a cheap one, just the off-the-shelf, the low end, but yeah. I love it. I, does, does the palm strap bother you at all? No. You have, I don't no. know. I personally don't notice it, but you're a much better rider than I am, so those things may be more finicky, but no, I, I don't notice it. Huh. Well, I mean, we're both holding handlebars, so. Right, right. But well, I, it's, it's weird how some people are. Like, for me, if I have a pair of gloves on that have, like, yeah. the, the like the what's it called, Velcro strap, 
I can't strap that. If I strap that, it makes my hands hurt. And I know it sounds crazy, even if I strap mm. it lightly. Oh, yeah, I have to wear my gloves really loose. Real loose this. around the hand part, but around the fingers, I want them tight, so it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah I, I can't wear the ones with the straps, the gloves with the straps. I I don't know. I, I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm leery of that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, jumping back to this fantasy thing, John, I'm just going to let you know, I don't do that. I have no vested interest, so I'm just rooting for you every week just because I like you. <laughs> These dudes I are just appreciate using, it. Yeah, they're just using you. Well, we're battling with each other. We're in like a, a friend's league that we have, and I've just continuously whooped on Darkseid all year long, and, and I, could, I plan on continuing to do that. Yeah, I had a bad run. That's all right, though. <laughs> So I, I was curious, you know, we, we know Jersey's coming up. You're going to be there. And I think I heard you say you will be at Vegas for sure. Yeah, Vegas. So uh, go ahead and finish out the season. Good, good. And, uh, that'll be a tougher event, but uh, yeah. see, where, see where we stack up. What, what, are you, do you have any plans for outdoors this year? Uh, yeah, actually, I think I'm going to continue on with uh, Ted's team. and uh, Awesome. You know, and, unless, unless for some reason I – you know, something happens between now and hang down. I plan on trying to ride all twelve. So, are you gonna do uh, which? Are you gonna do two fifty class? No, I'm gonna do the four fifties. Make some money. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. at least make a well, little bit more money. I don't know. You're about... not gonna make any money in outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little bit the, more is what I meant to say. Well, I think I think now the pay is the same for two fifty and four fifty outdoors, uh, and it's it's still like it's still you're terrible. Dang near losing money every weekend. Right. Just to go race. So, so. it's just the bike. Just the the bike's not as as cumbered encumbered by motor wise i guess huh yeah it's a lot cheaper i mean my race bike's pretty much just going to be suspension and uh just trying to get the chassis dialed in the okay. motor will be pretty much stock so okay and you can pull that off with the 450 i guess that's one good thing with a 450 yeah they're they're plenty fast i don't think you know maybe i guess tomac and dungeon those guys are using all the power but right right most most normal people don't <laughs> Most humans, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the aliens there that use Tom, every yeah, bit. Tomac, Tomac's not human. He's he got a <laughs> cyborg bike too, probably. Yeah, I think yeah, we're, that guy's unreal. We're planning on being up at Lakewood, so that that'd be cool to come see you and cheer you on. And yeah, come hang out. Come hang out. Come find me. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. How do you feel? You know about your season so far. I mean, I know there's been disappointments. I know, you know, there's been crashes. But like I said, your your lap times are. Very good. So, how do you feel that you've done? Uh, you know, I I uh, I'm happy with my progress. I guess I should say. If yeah. you Look in the rearview mirror. Look at last year. I mean, big big amounts of progress. So, um, results might not be where I want them to be, but I'm progressing. And you know, if I can progress like I did this off season, next off season, I mean, I I feel like next year will kind of be a, a good year for me. Yeah, I agree. So, and uh, you know, I've talking to different people and like, like Rich Taylor, you know, I was discussing it with him. I said, man, I just really feel like John's going to be one of the guys in the next couple of years. And it's, it's pretty impressive. I I love seeing it. You know, I'm glad that, you know, to see somebody that we're friends with up there kicking ass. Yeah. We're watching you, the, the, your level rise that you get, seem to get just better and better. Yeah. You know, and there's some, some guys kind of come out and they're, they're good right off the bat other guys, you know, that are just now starting to do well. I mean, they're, they've been riding five years or so. So, Well, you look at Pike or somebody along those lines, and I mean, even though I'm not saying he's everybody's favorite rider, but Schmidt has made a career out of, you know, making mains and making money. I mean, when you – when you, I think you'll do really good when you move to that 450 yep. for Supercross. I think that'll be, that'll be good for you. Yeah, yeah, I think um, 
possibly next year experiment with with some of that on on whatever coast I ride. You know, the other coast. Yeah. You know, some of the off races. That'd, that'd be a good thing to do is ride some of those and see how I can how I stack up. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, man. I, I again, I'm just I'm we're we're obviously pulling for you. The the fantasy thing, joking aside. I want to see you do well every week. I want to. I want to see you in a top ten, and I just. I feel like it's going to happen. I, you know, it should have happened at a couple of rounds already. So, I think Jersey's yeah. your weekend. I'm calling it. All right, I'm going to call ninth for John Short. Man, man, that would be that'd be a career best. That'd <laughs> yes, be it awesome. Would. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I can put a good weekend together and uh, go into Vegas with with some confidence. Well, hey, buddy, we won't keep any longer. We really appreciate your time. We're pulling for you. No, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. I always enjoy it. Well, thank you, man. And I'll, I'll text you Saturday and wish you good luck and see how you feel. We'll talk to you soon, bud. That works. Y'all have a good evening. Thank All right, John. You Thanks, man. John Short, ladies and gentlemen, national number eighty-eight. John Short. Looking forward to good things for him outdoors on that big bike. He's good on it. So uh, yeah, a lot of talent. You don't get that number for nothing. Hey, again, not yet, not yet. Okay, well, you gave me the look like, hey, it's time to shut this just, thing down. Just a heads up, guys. I'm going to uh, to be on the big MX radio show tomorrow. I want that's you, right. I want you guys to tune in and check it out. Somebody interviewing me for a change. Yeah, and, that's gonna uh, be cool, man. You talking to Brad? Talking to Brad over there, and uh, we're gonna talk some moto. I'm not exactly sure what we're gonna talk about. I assume it's motocross related. It's got to be motocross because it, it, it is a motocross. And if not, show. you know, you could tell them about doing push-ups and. <laughs> and I don't do any push-ups anymore. I, I, when I had a shoulder, I still did, but I don't have one anymore. So no working out for muscle mark anymore. Talking about talk about right riding that 125. Yeah, that thing has been kicking my butt lately. It's <laughs> oh, fun man. and I love it. It but. was funny the day when now. when you said it, you were like. I think I'm going to keep my 450 a little longer. I thought, oh, that 125 is killing him. Everybody wants the 125, but they're just too much work. Well, I, I, I rode it right. Sunday, and I haven't rode one since 93 when I traded mine in for my two, first 252 stroke. I had a lot of fun. Once I sort of half ass figured it they out. just don't go anywhere. No, no, no it doesn't. Do not, I'd rather be on a pit bike because at it was least fun. it's ridiculous. It was fun. It was so, it sounded so badass just screaming <laughs> over my, you know, Metallica blasting in my ears. And, oh, it is. It's fun. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to it, but I'm definitely yeah. going to get the 450, get the I'm motor done in it, get it back out and try to do some racing on it. I've just been in the mood where I want to race more than I want to go to the track and practice. And it's been the exact opposite for the last four years. Yeah. Right. But I've gotten the bug back because I've raced a little bit this year. So I'm to get it out and go do some vet races and see what's up on it except what? he's not going underground this weekend you're not going to underground no no the fact we're you around my 350 uh well if you put new handlebars on it what, what i do cannot you ride that carmichael bend i can't do it it's too low <laughs> i got <laughs> extra bars mm-hmm. we, i mean we could we could work out some no, bars you could ride one of my bikes yeah jamie's got a couple bikes so and, basically uh, there's no excuse except for you're just a well wolf. no we're gonna go we're taking a little family weekend oh, i haven't spent okay. a lot of time with the wife and kid lately and due to work and moto and yeah. all that so we're gonna do family thing this weekend and i'm gonna leave the dirt bikes at home and well now that i have no kids at the house we're getting plenty of time i'm uh, we need to she's do... probably look look lucky for me to get away she's like oh, god just go away go <laughs> get the hell out of here exactly right. and maybe we well, can yeah. all get our chicks together Ooh, one weekend it just hit it. me wait a minute you're gonna be out of town at underground i'm gonna be at underground your wife's gonna be here mark's not gonna be at underground hey <clears> as long as he helps pay the bills <laughs> yeah <laughs> there might be a problem there. he might be here <laughs> try to pay mine but again guys thank big shout out broadway power sports uh tyler texas pmp sprockets shock socks we appreciate you guys thanks to all our guests that came on tonight and Dark side, CJ. Enjoyed it, man. Y'all have a good one. Later.